What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? Medicum here. Newest episode of Blue Chips coming at you. I got a special guest on tonight's show. He is from Roster Watch, but you know him from Player Profiler. You know him from the executives of fantasy football. You know him from all over the place. One of the hardest working talent evaluators, let alone fantasy guys. My main man, Cody Carpentier. What's up, Cody? Flip me to bird. Brother, I'm doing fantastic. I'm ready. Uh, right now, as you guys are watching this, I'm driving to Indianapolis. I'm ready. I'm excited to come see my brother and uh, sit there and relax in Indianapolis. Relax for six, seven days watching these prospects get that work in, interview them, and do anything. Do everything. I should say do everything. Um, Maddie, what, what's up with this box? What's up with this name box? Are you, are you the only one that gets a name box in this show? Yes, because I am. T- it's typically a one-man show. This is not a guest show. Am I the first guest? You're not the first, but you are the latest guest. You will probably be the last guest to be on Blue Chips forever, maybe. You might be the last guest ever. Good. Because this show, is a, it's usually a one-man show. Uh, but I wanted you to come on, and you kind of talked about this. It. because you and I will be covering the NFL Combine this week. Uh, together, live in Indy. We're going to be, you know, Roster Watch, Player Pro coming together, a lot of shows, a lot of notes, a lot of a lot of everything. So we'll be there together. So I thought I'd have you on today's show, and I thought I'd have you on for a reason because we're setting the base here. We're going to go ahead and go back and forth one for one, and we're going to put together uh, – we're going we're gonna to put out there either a narrative, a question, a storyline, 10 takes, 10 bullet points – uh, that we are, and we got those things highlighted. We got those things underlined. We are ready to rock and roll in Indianapolis, and I will get it kicked off with my first narrative storyline heading into the combine. Talk about the quarterback position. It's one of the most important positions in all sports, correct? Maybe the most important position. And in football, you got to be able to take hits. So I am uh, curious. Nay, I'm fascinated what's no fascinated is not the right term what's like excited but like curious you're like excited and curious and curious together synonyms google (laughs) fascinated oh so i nailed it so i am i am a freaking genius i am intrigued you're intrigued i am intrigued i am enthralled I might have been a word too far. Is that on your list? A pog. I am a pog. I, for one, I'm eager to see. I am Maddie eager to see the frames of two quarterbacks in particular, J.J. McCarthy and Jaden Daniels. Both guys were hoping come in the, I would say McCarthy, what, the 205, 207 will be happy. Jaden Daniels, we got to see above 210. So I need to see what do these guys look like coming in. What are your thoughts? What, do you, what, do you, what are your check positive weights, these frames for these two particular quarterbacks? If they are X, you will be like, there's one for the old pro column. Uh, two ten would be a big plus, um, for both. Um, oh, I don't. I'm not Carson. really worried about. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not worried about McCarthy hitting that. Uh, Daniels more so than anything. If Daniels hits two ten or two nine, I'll be happy. Uh, I, I wouldn't really put this on like a Bryce Young watch. You know, like the one ninety five thing. 
Um, yeah. Weighs in at 205, watery. The cool thing, Maddie, this would be your first combine. This would be my third, nearly Alex's 13th. But the cool thing that I've already learned in a couple of years is that it's amazing that you get to like have these preconceived notions. Yeah, we've seen them on film, all these things. But we'll get to walk up to these guys and do interviews and you know, going into the, the draft a couple of years ago, I was like, yeah, Drake London, man, you're hearing some Mike Evans comps out there. And then you walk up on Drake London and I was like, listen, this ain't, this ain't Mike. He ain't Mike. He ain't Mike. <laughs> Blast it out. He ain't Mike. Then you go yeah. and see like Josh Downs, Josh Downs last year, pretty, pretty tiny, pretty teensy, pretty teensy tiny. And then Bryce Young, Bryce Young was doing the interviews and he had like four inch hokas on and yeah. like, you know, he was looking, he was looking taller. It's not very you thick. Run, like, you're, gonna to, on. you're gonna get to see these guys right up close, and you're gonna get to be like, all right, well, you know, Troy Franklin, he's got some fucking some gasolinas, man. <laughs> Rip. And yeah. thing. So I think that comes into account with Jaden Daniels and JJ McCarthy. Yeah, but with these guys, especially because especially Daniels, I mean, if he's gonna run around. If he's going to be able to attack with his legs like he did at LSU, he's got to be able to take hits. And he did no, he did himself zero favors last yeah. year playing for the Tigers. That dude did not give a shit. He would get he would get hit hard. That's just the stuff we can't see. We can't we can't have a, an RG three type career rock where he just bursts on the scene, electric, and then an injury derails the whole thing. I don't want to see that. So I need to see the frame. And like you said, two ten, little just under, but that two ten. Will get me okay. He made it. He, he he checks this box, Cody. What's something that you're looking for as you head to Indianapolis? I mean, I've talked about this one before. Braylon Allen, uh, currently my running back one, just turned 20 years old. Uh, on the Feldman's Freaks list, uh, Bruce Feldman's Freaks list that goes up every year over at the Athletic. He ran a 1-4-9 10-yard split last year. He benched 365. He bulked up to 245 pounds going into this season. He power cleaned 406. I want to see how all that translates. A 400-pound yeah. power clean at 245 pounds with a 149 split is fascinating. Will he run, you know, a 450 at 238, 240, 239? That speed score is going to be 97th, 98th percentile if he can oh, run yeah. a 450 at 238, 239, 240. I'm hyper excited to see what Braylon Allen can bring uh, to Lucas Oil. And for me, if he does run somewhere in that with that weight. And he puts up a big, you know, a 25 plus on the bench, gets up there in the 85th percentile as far as the, the bench goes and, and shows he has the size and the speed. And the other, and the other uh, work on metrics uh, check off as well. Braylon Allen's going to be the clear cut RB1 for me if those things happen. If he runs a 4 6, we'll have a different conversation. Hmm. That, see, that leads me right to my second uh, thought heading into Indianapolis was, uh, what the testing numbers of these running backs will be, the hierarchy of which they will be drafted varies by whoever you talk to. Uh, but one of the notes that I did uh, or I have listed underneath this uh, take or this question or this storyline, whatever you want to call it, was can Braylon Allen establish himself as the RB1 of the class? I absolutely see the path in which he can do so. That frame, um, it's really sky's the limit with that, with that type of frame. He's going to... He's going to wow everybody in terms of just the, the looks. He's going to pass the test. People are going to look down on the field at Lucas Oil Stadium and go, who is that monster warming up? And they're going to be like, boy, that's Braylon Allen. You know, he you see him out at the bar. You know you can't get that guy a drink. He's not even 21 years old yet. It's crazy. 
So he has a chance to establish himself as the RB1 if those testing metrics pop in any kind of way, like you mentioned. And the secondary note that I made on top of the run backs is my guy, Jalen Wright. Can he run in the four threes? If he's 4-4-0, you could throw him in his former teammate bucket, the Jalen Hyatt bucket. You are, you're just, you could be good, but you can't accelerate to the top of the list that I need you to. It hinges on him having top of the class speed amongst the top of the class burst because we don't have the numbers that back a complete running back. We know he's going to pass, bro. We know he's bursty. We know he can get small through the holes. We know he can finish runs. But we don't know how well he can catch the pass. And if he's not a, if he doesn't wow the scouts, the front offices with 4 3 type speed, the hype that's behind him, I think for me, it's going to cause at least a plateau in his value, if not a little bit of a drop off. So I need to see the testing numbers of Jalen Wright and, and Braylon Allen. That's uh, one thing that comes to play with him is that that's it's it's his one it's his one caveat for me it's his one trick it's the one thing that he does exponentially uh, he runs with two bolts of lightning in each hamstring and if only one bolt of lightning lightning is there next week and he does run like if you said four four two four 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 I would be like that's that's not game changer speed that's replacement you know, not replacement it's, you know it's, I mean. it's 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 usable it's fine but it ain't RB one in the NFL draft type of opportunity. Cause I mean, that's again, that's, he brings a lot to the table. He has the juice, but if he doesn't run the four, three, five that everyone's expecting, it's going to hurt um, the perceived capital. My number two, before the show, you nuke me. You said, there's no defense. It has to be fantasy. So I'm trying to keep a fantasy, but I wanted to wedge in the word sweat because I love to Andre sweat. So my question oh is, Oh my God. Will Maddie Kiwum sweat when he's eating cocktail shrimp at Harry and Izzy's? On Thursday night, that's the question that I want to have answered because this cocktail shrimp is the best in the world. Wait, it's like eighteen bucks for three. It's eighteen bucks for three cocktail shrimp, and as far as I'm concerned, the cocktail is three hundred percent horsey sauce, and it's fantastic. But it's a little hot. It'll put hair in your whistle, and it'll give you hair in your chest. Well, I'm going to give you the betting odds on this as the person who could set the line. The yes will be minus 750 because Deal. your boy, if I, I, if I watch hot ones, my eyebrows <laughs> start to sweat. I love it. I'll eat it. I like spice. I'm not going to back yeah. away from spice, but just thinking about it gets my, my, I already feel my tongue getting like a little like slippery and my eyebrows will start sweating if I, I love it though. So I'm very, very excited to try it, but yes, I will. I could, I could break that there, but I know you wedge that word in for a particular reason. So go ahead. I'll allow it. This is blue chips, okay? This is his prospects. We do talk defense occasionally. So you brought up the word sweat. Why? Why did you wedge the word sweat in there? Well, because you said we couldn't talk defense. So I wedged you can. the word sweat. I'll, I'll grant you this one. You, that was my question. That was the question no, I had. For the- but, no, you emphasize sweat. And I think it has to do with a 370-pounder that might be down in an episode. Go ahead. I, I told you, yeah. I'll grant you the one thing. What is this thing about Devondre Sweat tackle, defensive tackle from Texas that you just you, you got to get off your chest? Yeah, I mean, Maddie's not going to be the only one, only one sweating in Indianapolis. I mean, Devondre Sweat, he should be sweating right now. Hopefully, he's cutting those LBs off, but uh, did not weigh in the senior bowl because he's projected to weigh 381, 383, 390, 395. What? 400. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know what I don't know about that 400 yeah. marker, but at least in the 380. Yeah. So he didn't weigh in at the Senior Bowl. Um, I think for a good reason because if he would have weighed 385, 
the media would have came down on him over the course of the last yeah. 30 days. He escaped that. Um, I think NFL teams know what he weighed during the season. They were on the phone with Bo Davis. They are on the phone with Coach Sarkeesian. What's his cat weigh? He weighs 376 during the season. <laughs> That's cool. The NFL teams want to know that. That's good. Yeah. But the media will you know, push narratives, uh, unfortunately. Um, so I think Sweat knows he needs to weigh in sub 370. So I'm looking to see if Sweat comes in sub 370 and if he can run something south of 495, 490. I think that would be exponential uh, for a 370-pound man uh, like Devondre Sweat and vault him potentially up into the top 32. We'll have our waters, right? We'll be sitting as he runs his 40, and it'll be like the T-Rex on Jurassic Park. We're talking 10 storylines heading into the combine. We've gone through four total. we got six left. Stick around after this ad plays out. Now, I know many of you are looking for a secret weapon for your Dynasty League, and I have it. It's called the Dynasty Dominator app. You go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's right there. It's $5 to download, and then every year it's $5 to load the next incoming class of rookies. You can add Superflex, add tight end premium. It's incredible because it allows you to look up players. It allows you to vote on whether a player is a buy, hold, or sell, and then see the market sentiment on that player. And you can compare their lifetime value rating from Player Profiler to their Dynasty ADP at the FFPC, all in the price lookup tool. And beyond that, we have a trade analyzer. So you'll never lose another Dynasty trade again. And in our settings, you can set, this is a win now team. This is a rebuilding team. And then we let you compare players. Look at their metrics side by side. Prospect metrics, NFL metrics. It's all there. It's five bucks in the app store. There's some add-ons for Superflex and to buy the upcoming rookie class. Every year, you're going to spend $5 on this thing. And it's going to be well worth it. Maddie Kaywoom, Cody Carpentier, talking about 10 storylines as we head to the NFL Combine. My third is going to be this. Um, what is the measurables versus the testing for tight ends? Um, two come to mind, but the more and more I look at it, three may actually be on my radar. I need to look and see what do I do. Does Brock Bowers come in south of 240? Does Javion Sanders come in north of 245? And I want to see what does Jaheim Bell weigh in at because he played bigger than his measure, his size looked at the Senior Bowl, but he actually came in with you know the the height and weight that they posted was kind of what we thought it would be. So I want to see what he looks like coming in, and then I want to see what they look like testing. If let's say Sanders is light, oh, or Sanders is heavy, does he maintain his speed? If Bowers is light, does he really burn in the forty? Because we don't know actually if he's going to test at this point. It seems like I've heard conflicting reports. Maybe you can shed light on this in a second. But Bowers is he going to give his full fledged uh, anticip uh, participation in Indianapolis? Is he going to wait till his pro day? I've kind of heard uh, some conflicting reports as a word going. I haven't seen anything official, but that's what I need to see. I need to see Bowers, Sanders, and I'm throwing Jaheim Bell in there. What do they look like? Do they fit that new modern tight end uh, size? frame because we saw some success with the 246-4 guys last year. Does that continue? And then again, if they are lighter or heavier, how does that affect their testing? So I need to see what these tight ends look like because then I can depict because I'm starting to think that we could get up to four tight ends in the first two rounds. That's kind of my bold take here. 
but three, I think, is going to be a lock after uh, this week, as long as Bell doesn't come in looking too, too light. So thoughts on the tight end class? Thoughts on Bowers? Have you read anything about him officially participating and how much will he participate? No official news on Bowers yet. You've only, you've seen a couple things trickle out on different players, but usually it comes once everyone's in Indy, which will be tomorrow and Tuesday. Or sorry, I should I say Monday and Tuesday? Who's the fourth tight end you're referring to here? Because for me, it's Bowers, Sanders, Bell. Who's the fourth for you? I'm going to keep that close to the chest because it's a bit lofty, and I don't want to be the guy of our that just throws out crazy, crazy things. I need to see something, but I have a. I'm starting to like a certain tight end a little bit more. You're than saying four time. dudes are going in two rounds. I I I I gotta wait. I gotta wait and see. I gotta wait and see. I I I'll go ahead. Even three is a bold take, and I'm okay taking that right now, Gene Bell. But there's a fourth guy that I think is going to emerge. But I'm gonna I'm not I'm not gonna reveal that just yet. I'm not gonna reveal it. You have to stick around for that. I need to see Mo. Me see Mo. All right. Well, here's my one thought on everything you just brought to the table. I think those are the right three guys. I think Bell is Bell has the most yak. He created the most yak out of the three. Brock was second. Jatavian was third. I think Brock was 58%. Sanders was uh, 48%. Jatavian's going to have a good day. He's not going to test as wildly as Brock. But I would love to see Brock Bowers weigh in 232, run sub 4-5, and become an anomaly. Become, you know, Evan Ingram ran the four fours, but he was in the two forties. If if Bowers run so somehow weighs in two thirty two, it's a fast track, and he runs, let's say, a four four four. He would people would lose their absolute shit, and you know, Lad McConkey's gonna potentially crack the four threes. So if he's testing, I don't know if they're, I don't, I'm not sure if they're if they're working out together or not. But if these two Georgia boys show up <laughs> and they. <laughs> at the combine, I wouldn't be surprised, and I think Brock could be a, 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 a analytical anomaly at the tight end position. That'd be wild to see. That's why it's one of the most important things uh, uh, for me heading in Annapolis. Cody, what's your third on your on your storyline list? My number three is pretty straightforward. Uh, these are two wide receivers that, uh, when grading got done for myself, uh, they were out to the top fifteen. Xavier Leggett, Xavier Leggett. And Devontae Walker, Devontae Walker from North Carolina, Xavier Leggett from South Carolina. Leggett came in two inches shorter, four pounds lighter at the Senior Bowl. Played like you know, white dog shit. Couldn't separate from anybody. <laughs> Wasn't that great. Didn't show the four three speed down there in Mobile. Devontae Walker, you know. I, and again, I'm not trying to be negative. I don't like to be negative towards these guys, but he just didn't look good. I just put it that way. And this is, you know, that was my analogy. I decided to use right there. I, I think I, I like Xavier Leggett. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say he looked like white dog shit. He didn't look great. I apologize, Xavier. Devontae Walker, on the other hand, I think he dropped like seven or eight footballs to the senior bowl as well. Like I, I want to see these a little Quentin Johnson in him. Yeah, a little Quentin Johnson in him, and he's kind of slight, and he, he's kind of like a Jalen Wright where he's got this one trick, and this one trick is getting getting downfield over the top of corners and over the top of safeties. And I, I just want to see that speed translate to the to the to the 40 mm-hmm. on the track and, and also how the routes run for both of these guys. We're going to be grading all of the routes uh, like we did last year. Charlie Jones, Puka Nakua, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs were the top graded players. Um, I want to see how these guys grade out. And I want to see if these guys can bounce back because neither of them had a great senior bowl. Uh, again, no disrespect to Xavier Leggett. I'm actually a big fan 
uh, of Xavier Leggett. I just was disappointed uh, with the senior bowl showing. So I want to see if the, both of these guys can bounce back. I, I those things, those are great names to, to especially Leggett. I think Leggett has the opportunity to really wow. Um, and I think it, where the disappointment started in Mobile was the weigh-in. We were we were looking at six three two twenty seven. We were looking at DK. We got six one, but that doesn't mean he stinks. That just means he has to perform and convince us that he can play like an AJ Brown, which is not impossible. He's uh, I think he's top. I think he's top three betting favorite to run the fastest forty overall. Not don't take uh, it. No, I'm not saying to take it, but I'm just saying that the the notion that he's expected to run fast uh, does give you the chance to, to exceed expectations. But if he doesn't, you're looking at another Traylon Burke situation where Traylon was supposed to dominate Indianapolis. He was supposed to burn it down, and he disappointed over and over and over and over again. Lee Get could be on that trajectory if he comes in and does not dazzle in Indianapolis. My fourth storyline heading into – Indianapolis is also at the wide receiver position. It's uh, it's talking about Keon Coleman. I, I, how athletic is Keon Coleman? And, I, and the official numbers will be there. He's an anomaly. His analytical profile is not great. His surface stats are lacking production. But there's this one intangible. There's this one, whatever you want to call it, variable that may, may, it may translate to a number of players, and that's, the lack of production from Florida State Seminole football players. Trey Benson, Jaheim Bell, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson. Four players that could start building their profiles, raising their stock here in Indianapolis because none of them, wow, but they all have pedigrees. They're all athletic. They're all excited. When you watch these guys on film, they're some of the most exciting players in the damn draft. And Keon Coleman leads that pack, in my opinion. His ability to make plays, his ability to pluck the ball, his ability to just dazzle on the field should have resulted in better production. More, And I'm talking about underlying metrics, surface stats, the entirety. But that's lacking throughout all Florida State offensive players and I'm excited, most importantly, to see Keon Coleman because when I watch him play, I see a player with insane potential. I see a player that could crack my top five coming out of Indy, but I need to see officially what yeah. it is. Uh, are we talking about a freak? Or are we just talking about a good athlete? Are we talking about somebody that can do a lot of that things athletically that other guys in the class just simply can't do? And we'll get some of those answers here in Indianapolis. So I, I am excited for him. And then, like I said, I, I think I'm, I have left the door open on all my rankings, as everyone should have. But him in particular, there is a rocket ship. There are two pulsar, what are they called? Pulsars, freaking Elon Musk contraptions on his back, ready to ignite. And if he does dazzle in Indy, he's into the stratosphere, baby. Number four for me is interviews, general manager, head coach interviews. What do we take away from these four teams? Denver. What does Sean Payton get out? What does the media ask him about the Russell Wilson situation? Atlanta. What does Raheem Morris give? What does Terry Fontenot give in regards to Desmond Ritter in the quarterback situation in Atlanta? Do we get any feel for what the, the, the goals are 
at the quarterback position for either of these teams. And then also, how does John Har- Jim Harbaugh, sorry, how does Jim Harbaugh handle uh, NFL Combine interviews uh, when being asked about Michigan, when being asked about potentially the scandal that happened last year, when asked about um, you know the, the the depth chart of the Chargers, does he even have answers for these questions? And last but not least, the Las Vegas Raiders and, and Antonio Pierce, first time head coach, former player, he's been in this exact situation before. But as a player, how does he treat it as a coach? And how open is he with um, communication? Is he a Mike McDaniel? Um, where he's joking around with the media and you know being dope, or is he going to be like a Mike Vrabel, where if you ask him the wrong question, he might just bite your ear off like Mike Tyson? I want to know what these four teams, what these four coaches or GMs, how they interact and what they give us, because these are all four different teams in four different situations that have um, a lot of questions to be answered. And we're going to ask those questions. We're going to be standing there, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say, "Hey, Sean, you know, Cortland Sutton didn't exactly have the year he was supposed to have last year. Jerry Judy didn't exactly have the year he was supposed to have last year. You know, what what do you do with Marvin Mims in this offense? What where can where does Marvin Mims fit into this offense? I want to know what the answer is. Give me the answer, Sean. What is we're going to do with Marvin Mims? And we're going to ask these questions. And I just want to get, you know. I want to get a goal. I want to get a view of the draft and of the offseason from all four of these uh, teams. Very interesting spots in the first round, too, of these four teams. Very interesting spots because Harbaugh has a bunch of flexibility when he does at five, and we're talking about you know the AFC West teams, the Broncos, and the Raiders are sitting back-to-back at 12 and 13. Do they go quarterback? Do they go defense? There's a lot to be asked. There's a lot to be learned from those guys. So it's it's exciting to see uh, just how they're going to answer it because they'll be at the podium. They'll be asked a, fledged, a, a whole barrage of questions from personnel to scheme to strategy to team building, all that good stuff. Can't wait to get it. Uh, I won't be there in person for that in particular. I get there Tuesday night, so Cody. You're gonna have to you have to carry your boy here on that night. So thank you for that. My last uh, storyline from or heading into the combine, and the reason why it made my list is because we've seen a lot of people. Not I wouldn't say a lot, but we've seen for me anyway. I've seen some very trusted, very smart uh, evaluators put Malik Neighbors not B. He's no longer one B to Marvin Harrison. He could be one A, or they could be two ones. Um, so, and the truth is he, he checks all the boxes and that's why it's happening. The tapes there, the analytical profiles there, the productions there, everything is there. The last trick of the, of the, of the last stage jockeying for this wide receiver one position is going to be testing. And Marvin Harrison at six, three has a chance to be a freak to be a little bit more than A.J. Green, to be potentially in that Julio Jones alien conversation. And if he does, does he does he become the consensus one uh, at receiver? Because I think now, yourself included, people are putting neighbors on that list, and I don't think that's wrong. But I think now that we get, as we had in Indy, we'll get another question answered between these two wide receivers. I like it. 
I'm going to stick it. It's funny you brought up wide receiver because this is where I kept for my last one. And I just want to, uh, I just want to, I want to, I want to take it out of my. Ready? (laughs) Where did you get that? This one says, and I quote, this was from the 2022 NFL combine. Nobody had Chris Olave as their top receiver in the class or probably their second because Garrett Wilson was in the same class. And this was post um, route running on the field. And I quote, Chris Olave is more polished than Garrett Wilson, but there should be more discussion about how he may also be more dynamic. This comes in question to adding one Roma Dunze to that same conversation. Because we've heard the Malik Neighbor stuff. We've heard, of course, Marvin Harrison. But at the Combine, Roma Dunze feels like, I hope I'm saying it right, Odunze or Dunze. I'm going to figure that Odunze. Oh. It, the, the pronunciations are in the uh, in yeah. the interview uh, schedule, so you got that. You got that. I'll read it. I'll read it. Yeah. But the question is, does Rome – people think Rome might get drafted at Malik. People oh, think yeah. Malik might get drafted at Marv. People – they're listen, Marv is number one. That's fine. Have it. Malik needs the respect. I tweeted out the other day. It got way too many interactions on Twitter. Zerline agrees. Zerline said he was his number one. I've had numerous people tell me that he's their number one or 1A, 1B. Steve Smith came out and said it. Now it's about Rome. Rome has the opportunity at the NFL Combine to run sub 4-4 faster than both Malik Neighbors and Marvin Harrison, and potentially, in my book, smoother route runner. Dominate the gauntlet, dominate the routes, and be an Odell Beckham type at the combine and run so smooth that, like Chris Olave, you can't forget. It'll be stuck in your mind. And that teams will draft him top eight. And again, it's the same conversation. The glitz and the glamour. I get Marv. Again, this is not disrespect to Marv. Marv is fucking amazing. Malik is built different. He's fucking amazing. Rome is also built different. He's like a concoction of both. He's fucking amazing. We're going to find that out at the NFL Combine. If he can run sub 4-4 and if he can destroy the route running, the gauntlet and everything at the NFL Combine. I feel like I ripped the Band-Aid off of the Malik thing on Twitter the other day, and Lance Erline replying to it elevated that bad boy. I'm I'm ripping the Band-Aid off this Roma Dunze conversation, brother. It's going to happen. So it's not a one-man, it's not a two-man, but a three-man race for that wide receiver one position, according to Cody Cody Carpentier. I love it, and I cannot wait to be in Indianapolis covering it all with you and Alex and everybody else. So, Cody, let the people know where can they find you. At Cody Carpentier on X. Mostly all my work is over at rosterwatch.com. Me and my main man, Matty Kiwum, over at patreon.com forward slash executives. Or you can easily find it, thedraftrankings.com, thedraftrankings.com. 
Remember that right there, thedraftrankings.com. That will forward you over to Patreon. That is the up and coming. That is the new. We just dropped a brand new podcast on Monday, February 26th, the Draft Rankings Podcast. You can go find that on anywhere you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple. It's going to be up this week as well as YouTube. Like Cody said, thedraftrankings.com. Don't forget it. I am on X at Maddie Keywoom. The game plan, trade gods, blue chips, future cast, and now the hurdle. You can get them all. They're all on and popping on the player profile and network of shows. Make sure you are subscribed to the player profile YouTube channel and like and leave a comment on this very episode. I love interacting with you guys because of you guys. You make it all possible. Head over to the Executives of Fantasy Football YouTube channel where you can get the hurdle and now the draft ranking show. And then if you just can't get enough of me and Cody, head over to patreon.com forward slash executives. This is Blue Chips, and we will see you next time after we spend a little bit of time in Indianapolis, baby. Peace. Hey, I want to thank you for being part of this broadcast. If you have any thoughts on it, leave a comment. If you enjoyed it, make sure you leave a like. And if you want to see more shows on the Player Profiler channel, subscribe to it. That's how we know you want more.